Welcome to What's Eric Eating, Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Rosea Grady and Tobias Dorzon from 13 coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's an expert on food, wine, and good times. We follow her on Instagram at Swanky Maven. Felice Sloan, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. I am here with the good times, baby. Good times, spring, all of that. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one. Three Brothers Bakery announced that it is coming to Tanglewood later this year. This is a, a bakery that is an iconic part of the Jewish community, a staple since the 40s. Uh, as I like to say, I've been eating Three Brothers as long as I have had teeth. Uh, this is their first new location since 2014, and maybe even more significantly, the first location since their Braveswood location was damaged by floods, both the Tax Day flood and then the Memorial Day flood of 2016, and then finally Hurricane Harvey. Felice, obviously, like I have a, a lifetime relationship with this uh, particular establishment, but but let me just throw it to you. Um, what is your kind of perspective on Three Brothers? I don't do you, I don't know if you if you've been there very much or, or kind of what you think of it. So I'm going to go with that. It's definitely a staple. Um, how often do I get to Three Brothers? Mm, I probably get there more than I used to, you know, like in the probably later years, because I was able to kind of explore more stuff. And so I definitely like Three Brothers. Um, and I think they're, um, I, I, I like them, you know, like the people behind it. They're very nice. Um, so I tend to support them. You know, I like people that care about the community, run their business well, um, treat people right, and they have a good product. So let's put all that together. So love Three Brothers, the Tangle, them going into Tanglewood. I think it is a smart move because kind of what they stand for and how they run their business fits Tanglewood, right? Like it, I'm surprised that there was not one in Tanglewood before, right? I don't. Well, when, right, when I, there's, there's one on Washington and there's one near Memorial City Mall. Right. And so if you're sort of moving east to west, this one goes right in the middle of the two of them. Correct. And I remember when they opened, you know, the one in Memorial, the, the one by Memorial City Mall, that one is pretty popular. And I was like, oh, it's so, it's so needed where they're located is perfect. Um, so I think Tanglewood is the same kind of thing. Um, that neighborhood, they do a lot. There's a lot of family activities and then people that work there picking up stuff. But I definitely think Tanglewood, they're going to do well. I think the neighborhood will welcome them with open arms. I, I think that's right. And, and I have some friends that live kind of in that Tanglewood, Briar Grove, area they're all very excited about this you know like me they've been eating it three brothers for a long time you know it's a it's a funny sort of thing because you know there are there are things that that i go there for you know challah bread rye bread they do all these kind of savory rolls breakfast danishes 
cookies of various forms. You know, the checkerboard cake with the raspberry filling is like a holiday staple in my family. Which is so good, though. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> and when I discovered one day at the Washington, I was visiting the Washington location looking for a little a little snacky poo, like a little a little notch, as we say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could get it by the slice. I was I was ruined. I, You're I, I like, mean, what? I, there's I, nothing, I, else, I did not there's need nothing else in this whole pastry case that I need. I need a slice <laughs> of checkerboard cake. You're like, I did not need to know that y'all do this by the slice. Yes, it was done. <laughs> but weirdly, now, the, the one thing I will say is that they, they sell bagels. But I, I prefer to go to a bagel specific bakery for my bagels right new york bagels or right i was gonna say yeah that's, you shop. don't get down there for their bagels no I, not your I, get, I get i get a million other things from them but, but never bagels but you know i i trade a couple emails with uh janice jucker who's the the wife of bobby jucker who's the the son of one of the three brothers there are this isn't like an aunt jemima situation there are actual there th- there are three brothers who started the business and you know she said this is you know, it's, it's about 1,300 square feet, which is about what they think they need and that they're finally ready to start growing again. Because, you know, I grew up in Sugarland and there used to be a Three Brothers in Sugarland that was very convenient. Um, that location closed any number of years ago. But, you know, they've been, they've been kind of struggling to overcome all these uh, natural disasters and, and now they're, they're finally ready to grow again. And so just for that, it's exciting to see uh, three brothers flourishing and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I don't know what their specific plans are, but Katie, the woodlands, something inside the loop would be kind of nice, right? Like something, something Montrose Heights midtown would be great for me. Right. Uh, Right. But you know, it's, it's exciting to see. But I think too, with their growth plan, kind of like you say, they were, they had other locations, then they didn't. And now they're growing again. Um, I think with this new um, growth plan that they have, they're being very smart and strategic, which when people aren't um, with locations, I, especially in Houston, I would tell people rather take your time, sit on it until you get the location, <laughs> opposed to hoping this is the location. So kind of like what we were saying, Tanglewood location, smart. They fit that community. People are excited. There is a need there. So where you're saying the next location, if they go in the city, finding that perfect kind of where we need it location to where people are willing to kind of drive and it just makes sense, opposed to just expanding. A lot of companies And and I should say, right, I I was sort of quick to say interloop, but of course they're on Washington Avenue. So- Right, right. <laughs> wanted too close to that. Correct. So you know, so they they may be good, right? They, yeah. I, I do think their future probably is is more in the suburbs than yeah than interloop. I would agree. All right, let's move on to topic number two. Los Angeles-based celebrity chef Wolfgang Puck has returned to Houston with a new concept called Three, as in the Roman numeral I I I. Uh, it is a new restaurant in the medical center in the former Third Coast space. Felice, let me just throw it to you. What do you think? I mean, you know, I, 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 Third Coast was operated by 
Hugo Ortega and Tracy Vaught under the H-Town Restaurant Group banner. But, you know, I think of it as more of an event space, right? Like a, a place for mm-hmm. wedding receptions or corporate dinners or that kind of thing. I, I never went to I never went to Third Coast to eat dinner. It never occurred to me to do that. So let me let me throw it to you. I'm going right? to say immediately no. Immediately no. Well, and then what they do on the immediately no. It's a no, Eric. It's a no for me. Immediately no. Let me tell you why. We went. I went to the Third Coast um, space, and I was like, "This is great. This is a beautiful space. I'm probably never coming back." I, I said it. I was like, "This is great." I had a wonderful dinner. Um, you know, I'm very big on parking. Like if I'm frustrated before I get in there, I got to wind down usually in the car, the parking. Now, wait a second. It's on top of a parking garage. It couldn't be easier. I, I don't like parking garage. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm ready to go with that. Houston okay. and parking garage thing. Just eh. So it wasn't finding parking. It was the whole parking garage thing. So I was going to say that I just don't like parking garages. I'll do them. That's not preferred. And a lot of Houstonians are with me. When restaurants have parking garages, they usually, people are like, eh, you know, I just have crazy parking things. But then getting there and going, um, finding it, it's, it's kind of like you got to kind of know it's there. It's, word it's of a mouth. little bit tricky. <laughs> right. And so, so even like, you, so we're talking about parking, getting in there, parking, getting to the space. I just don't think because it's his spot, um, it's going to do any different than it did before. Um, I know some things that they can do, which people usually don't, when you have a celebrity name, like they could be very creative and, um, cause I, people like, you know, we like speakeasy, right? We talk about the speakeasy thing. That's not that, <laughs> you know, going places where, oh, it's kind of, um, hard to get to and it's exclusive if they could sell it like that maybe they have a chance maybe they have a chance but i don't think that they will because they're looking for the name to possibly propel people to go now i think it's great for um you know you have a lot of people that are staying in the medical center um, for, uh, because unfortunately their loved ones are there. Um, they have to be there long-term. Um, there's a lot of events and things going on just in the medical center without them having to even go out. They, they do all their events and dinners and stuff there, but I'm probably, I'll probably go to see if, if they could change my mind, right? Like, oh, Eric, no, we need to revisit this everyone needs to go, right? I would love to be able to say that. But because it's Wolfgang's restaurant, I, that that doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, I got to say, I do wonder a little bit about whether the Wolfgang Puck, you know, he was so high. He's one of the first celebrity chefs, right? The mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, he had the pizzas. He, he was on television all over the place. You know, he, he pops up on some of Gordon Ramsay's shows. Like you'll see him guest judge an episode of like master chef or hell's kitchen or something. It's always, you know, super outgoing, like one of the old school, like uh, media personality, but I don't know, you know, I don't know how much that plays 
now necessarily if, if that's still a name that people sort of right. uh, revere. I, I will say I was looking at the menus. There's there is one thing that kind of caught my caught my attention. You know, he's Austrian, mm-hmm. right? You know, for all of his accomplishments, kind of for being known among other things for being the first person to put like smoked salmon on a pizza and top it with caviar and truffles and everything else, right? He's you know that's kind of his deal. But right. there's a there's a pork Wiener schnitzel on the menu at three, and it, there's part of me that's like. I kind of want to go just to eat the Wiener schnitzel. Right. <laughs> like, like that might be enough. Well, you should, I, I would love for you to do it and see, you think that may be enough. It'll get you, it's enough to get you in the door. So, right. if, so you're saying if it's, if it's what you think it's going to be, it may be enough for, for you to be like, uh, maybe go once a month, once every few months. Oh no. Like, like not that, like, even even places that I love, right? The reality of my my job and my life is that I get to you know quarterly is like the most I can, you know I don't I don't even think there's a restaurant that I get to monthly that's like for dine in certainly not a you know a relatively sort of casual upscale like three right like if I if, you know like I get to Nancy's Hustle like three or four times a year right like mm-hmm. that's real kind of the same thing all those places yeah so if if I go to three it, but it's open for lunch, which is convenient. So that that's a possibility. But yeah, if I if I got there more than a couple times a year, that I would be surprised. But I want to be able to recommend it to people because I I do know that that dining options in the medical center are limited. You know, visitors need to know kind of where to go. Uh, and and we are kind of in a little bit of a moment because the Blossom Hotel opened, and they've got that. You know, they haven't opened yet, but the the. Peking Duck Restaurant mm-hmm. uh, by Ho Chi Boon is about to open. And then the sushi place by Akira Black is going to open. And, and those are going to kind of elevate the dining options in that area. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I'm, I'm in favor of, you know, better than fast food as the default dining option and, and hospital cafeterias as being the default dining options in the medical center. Because that's what we've had. So, you know, I, I like I said, I'm excited, but kind of to your question do i think the name yeah meh. and these young diners too if you ask half of them who wolfgang fuck is they will have no clue so that i just don't think that's going to pull them so i hope that they do well i know the menu is going to be outstanding um they're just going to need to do some marketing and get some of that um the thing that they didn't do when they were here last time. You know, if you talk to most people um, during that period, if they were food people, you know, I live outside the loop. So I knew that Wolfgang Punk had a restaurant out, you know, out there. Most people did. And they're like, wait, where? There's one in Houston? No one knew. No one knew. Right. He had a couple of fast casual, one in like the West Chase. And then I think yeah. there was one in, in Sugarland. I don't, I, I honestly, I, I, I don't think I ever ate at either one and I don't remember how long they lasted, but, but this is like a little more elevated, a little more of a sit down, you know, full service kind of situation. So I, you know, I think it remains we'll to see. be seen, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. And then topic number three, a new bar is coming to the former Trace Amigos Shepherd Park draft house space at Shepherd uh, in Garden Oaks, just just north of 610. 
It is called Upside Pub. It comes from a couple, Paige and Andy Lugin. They moved here from California. Paige is a craft beer expert, and the food menu will include some Houston favorites like queso and wings and also some things from their New Jersey roots and time in California like shrimp rolls and burritos. Fleece, I mean, I you know, Shepherd Park was kind of a neighborhood institution for a long time. Trace Amigo said that ZZ Top theme. It kind of bounced out uh, in less than a year. Uh, I got to say, Upside Pub seems like a better fit for the neighborhood. A casual, you know, call it a cheers style, hangout, mm-hmm. craft beer, good food, hopefully good food. Very welcoming. That, that, this, this sounds like it has potential. I think it has potential. Um, I was going to say, you know, I, I'm going to give them some advice. You know, I'm sure they're going to kill it with these burritos, right? Because California, they do burritos well. Wings. Um, I would ask, hopefully they can consult on the queso. Because if they have a queso that doesn't work, you know how we are. It's, I mean, that, that could just be the death of the spot. Like people talking about the queso, it's going to be queso gate, okay? So um, I hope they get that right. Um, Gordon Oaks, because there's not like... Um, no options you know there's so much happening in that area with pop concepts popping up and places to go so i think it'll do well especially with the background uh, or could do well let me say that could do well um with the with with it being a pub being light and them, them having a background in craft beer right i mean it's it's right next to cottonwood which of course has a great selection of craft beer and cocktails mm-hmm. you know Cottonwood, very family friendly. You'll always see, you'll always see people there with their children and their dogs. So, so, right. So, upside, you know, adult. If if it's more of an adults only vibe, a little bit of a refuge, a little more low key. Mm -hmm. Then you're not directly competing. Then you've distinguished yourself. And I agree with you. They should just they should just go to, you know, they should go to Nifas. They should go to Papacitos. They should go to the the usual places. You know eat the queso, get a, get a sense of how to make the queso, maybe buy the homesick Texans queso cookbook, use that as a, (laughs) as a basis, right. For figuring this out because you know, yeah, you're right. They can't serve. It's gotta be at least a B plus on the queso. It it has to, right. Right. Because then that becomes, because, and it's so funny because that becomes the thing, right? Like people like, Oh, have you gone? It's good. Yeah. But Oh, their queso sucks. Don't go. Well, I may want chips and, you know, that's the thing. I could have chips and queso, sip on some drinks and hang out with the friends. Like that's very Texas. It's very Houston. So don't mess up. Do not mess it up. Y'all, y'all, y'all have good, good location. People are going to come based on everything you just said. Check, check, check. Don't mess up on the queso. I'm telling you. (laughs) All right, Felice, I'm going to say that does it for, The news of the week. We will be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. This podcast is sponsored by Green Street. Covering four city blocks in the heart of downtown Houston, Green Street offers access to dining, entertainment, and more. Green Street is an ideal location for dinner and drinks before or after attending a game downtown at one of its four restaurants, Guadalajara del Centro, The Palm, 
House of Blues, or M&S Seafood. Its proximity to Discovery Green also means Green Street is an ideal stop as part of a larger crawl through downtown's many attractions. Over the years, I've seen any number of concerts at House of Blues, but Green Street has other entertainment options as well. Pete's Dueling Piano Bar offers an energetic atmosphere for grabbing a drink, and friends can gather for a night of friendly competition at 810 Billiards and Bowling. Whatever the occasion, make Green Street your downtown destination of choice. Located at 1201 Fannin Street, go to greenstreetdowntown.com to see a full list of restaurant, bar, and entertainment destinations. So, Felice, for our Restaurant of the Week, I want to talk to you about the Greasy Spoon. This is a soul food restaurant with two locations, one in North Houston. We went to the one in Pearland that opened earlier this year. This is a place that had been on my radar for some time. You know, I had uh, Warren Luckett from Black Restaurant Week on last year. This was his kind of pick uh, for a restaurant that I needed to try. And admittedly, it's taken me too long, but I made it. You joined me. I'm going to say we had a pretty good lunch. Was was this your first visit to Greasy Spoon or 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 what did you what did you think about uh, the restaurant and our meal? So it was my first visit wasn't my first time having the food um, because, as you said, there's two locations, their original location um, in North Houston just packed out. Um, I'm I was trying to go. I'm like, look, just bring me something, you know, y'all are going, just bring me something back. And so I've had, I I had a couple of things there. So I remember having the food and saying, oh, Eric, we should go. There's going to be probably a wait. And it just never happened. Then the new location opens, we go. Um, It's a beautiful location. So I I think the location's beautiful, a little bit smaller. And yeah, I loved it. I thought everything lived up to what my expectation was. The dishes that I wanted to try that I hadn't tried. Um, I, I'm laughing because I got there after you. And so you you had talked to the owner. He kind of gave you some suggestions. So you had in your mind, okay, here's what we're going to get. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I need some oxtails. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> You know, in my mind, I literally, because the oxtails were, uh, that's what I had last time, and they were so good. Um, And I know a lot of people do oxtails well. Um, Some just do it, but the the ones I had from them were, they were done very well. So you're like, okay, oxtails it is. So I thought the oxtails were still amazing. They lived up to, you get a generous portion. I thought we did what is, what is it called? The stack? What, what it was, was the, the boss stack? stack a fried a, a seafood platter of fried catfish, fried lobster tail, sauteed shrimp over dirty rice and collard greens. And collard greens, yes. And every every layer in that stack was giving. Every layer was amazing. And then it had a sauce on it. And you know, I'm not a saucy person. So I was like, oh God this is not going to be good. Right. And especially because I was like, okay, it's on the fish. I don't want my fish to be mushy. Like all the things that were going on in my head. And um, because that, that catfish was um, fried very well, the sauce just complimented it. 
Um, it it was prepared. It wasn't too greasy. It wasn't um, overly, the fish wasn't mushy. It was wonderful. So I love that. Y'all know how I am about collard greens. We talk about collard greens all the time. Um, the greens had great flavor. They were good. And the dirty rice. Those were like some of my standouts um, just individually. Like all the sides, I think we enjoyed those as well. What did you think? No, I, I was very impressed. I, I thought that the catfish was fried really well. Sometimes with catfish, I worry about, you know, the, the fish itself tasting a little bit muddy. This was very clean. I thought the shrimp were juicy, plump, nicely cooked. You know, fried lobster is never going to be my thing. It was, it was well fried. I just, I just find that the batter kind of overwhelms the, the flavor of the lobster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I 100% agree with you. I thought the oxtail was, was spot on. You know, it had that, that rich, melty quality to it. You know, we got the lamb chops, which uh, that was Max. As you said, I, I talked to Max Bozeman, the owner. I met him briefly. That was kind of his recommendation. They are, you know, maybe just a, a hair overcooked for me, right? They were kind of thin lamb chops. I would have wanted them a little more medium rare than medium well. But they were seasoned really well with the rosemary and the jerk seasoning. Oh, yeah. the sea, and, yeah, They taste great. And, and all of the sides. I mean, the candied yams, the dirty rice, the collards, the mac and cheese. Thoroughly enjoyed all of that. I thought the, I thought the restaurant looks nice. Everybody was very friendly. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good, it was a very good, very satisfying meal. And, and not that I... You know, I, I know it's it's very well reviewed, you know, in the Facebook food groups and on Yelp and everywhere else. So but I'm never quite sure what to expect in that sort of environment. And it, it certainly exceeded my it, it exceeded my expectations. It, it I was I was very pleased with it. Right. And, you know, I mean, I think in the past, some people and some of the groups were like, oh, I wanted to want my stuff to be on plates and all that, because I think they used to be on the trays. That's not, this location has all nice um, um, dinnerware. Um, that it was beautiful. Um, I talked to uh, the PR person and, you know, during the week, like on the weekends, people like kind of expect like the whole music thing. They're super busy on the weekends, you know? So during the week on their social media, they post the schedule for their music during the week, like who's going to be performing, what night, and it's more of a kind of during the weekday, which makes sense, because there's usually a line. Um, When we were there, we got there early enough that it was just kind of starting to get busy, and the line, people were developing a line kind of as we were leaving, but they worked that line, it works, moves pretty quick, so on the weekend, I could see them not encouraging (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not that these are their words, these are my words, not having the live music, you want people to eat and keep it moving, right? Like, <laughs> so you right, can right. walk if through the lives. The they're going to linger. <laughs> they're going to linger. You want people to enjoy their company with who they're with and get eat and go. You don't want them to linger. So during the week when it may be a little bit slower in the evenings, I could definitely see the music because then you want people to come and linger. So 
definitely check out, I guess, their Facebook page to get uh, that. I mean, Instagram, I think she said, maybe on both, but definitely Instagram. She said they usually do it by Tuesday of what's going on for the week with their the entertainment aspect. Right. I mean, I was you you kind of scared me with the pictures of the line. Uh, but, you know, we went we went for lunch relatively early on a Friday afternoon and they had tables. You know, the whole time we were there, they had tables yeah. available. And so I would say, you know, for people who want to try it, but see the pictures on social media and are intimidated by the line, you know, the week weekdays are your friend. Uh, and I can't speak to the North Houston location, but certainly in Pearland you know, weekday lunches, maybe even weekday dinners. Uh, I think it's, uh, I think that's kind of the way to go. Yeah. Um, I would agree. All right. Anything else about this? No, I just think, you know, I'm, I'm excited that you went and that uh, there's a closer location because I'm definitely in Pearland more than I am, you know, deep North like that. So yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful restaurant. So go. All right. Well, Felice, I'm going to say that does it for the Restaurant of the Week. Thank you very much. Thank you, E. And I will be right back with Rosea Grady and Tobias Dorsen. I am joined this week by the general manager and executive chef of 13, James Harden's very stylish restaurant in Midtown. Let me introduce you individually so people can hear your voices. General Manager Rosea Grady, welcome to the show. Chef Tobias Dorzon, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Tobias, let me let me start with you. Uh, because you had a a pretty, you know, you had a, a good collegiate football career. You played a little bit professionally. How did you kind of come to the world of of being a professional chef? Um, I mean, I, I grew up in the culinary world. My dad's been a chef for the past 50 years. So, um, you know, just working in a, in a household of a family owned business, I worked with my dad a lot growing up and it was something that I always had a love for. It just end up, um, after football, you know, I, I just, I wanted to do something else and I, I knew what it was that I wanted to do. So I decided to go into culinary full time. Jose, how about you? What was your, uh, what was your path in the restaurant business? How did you wind up at 13? Um, I started working in the re- in the restaurant business when I was like 14 years old. Um, I lived in Maryland and I worked at a place called Hardy's. And uh, from there, I worked at different restaurants. And then now I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me just ask you, how did you how did you happen to meet James? I mean, how did you how did you become acquainted with him and, and get to the point where he asked you to to work for him? Uh, so in my journey, I've, I've been pretty much every type of person in the industry. I've been a waitress, a bartender, a host, and I was, um, James bartender for a while. And then I ended up becoming a manager and he would just follow me wherever I went. So if I worked one place, he'd be, be there. If I worked another place, he'd be there. All the rockets would come or whatever. So, uh, you know, we built a friendship from me starting out being this bartender and, um, you know, years down the line, you know, we ended up talking about this and here we are now. <laughs> Tobias, how about you? How did you how did you uh, come into James's orbit and, and get involved with this restaurant? Um, so I met James. So I um, I uh, my last restaurant I was a co-owner of um, called Victory in Miami. I met James there. I actually had like a crazy run in with James where he came to my restaurant like three nights in a row and like bought it out 
had a good time, you know, enjoyed the food. Um, and we had a conversation outside of my restaurant that night, that first night we met each other, just about, you know, doing a concept. And, you know, just talking about that concept, he had like the exact concept in his head, in, in his mind. Like he had, he had it like top to bottom, how he wanted to, fine dining restaurant, a hookah lounge, a club in the basement. Like he had a, a vision and um, like a month later, he asked me to go to the bubble um, with him when they were on, when the NBA was in Orlando. So I stayed about two and a half months in the bubble with him, um, feeding him and PJ Tucker every day. And, you know, we just built up a relationship and, you know, when it really got to this time where, um, he was putting his overall team together to actually run the restaurant. He asked me again if I wanted to be a part of it. And I mean, you know, it's something you got to think is one of the biggest basketball players in the world. You know, why would you not want to be a part of something, add, add another part of something that's already amazing? And he's given us a, a huge platform, you know, and a playground for all of us to, you know, create something good. Yeah. Roger, I mean, talk talk about that just a little bit more in terms of like, working with James to create this restaurant. I mean, how much of it was sort of his ideas? How much of it was, was yours and Tobias's ideas? Like how did it, how did it all come together? Uh, well, 13 is actually like basically James Harden in a building. So he likes to smoke hookah. He likes really good food. He likes to have fun and he likes to bowl. So we pretty much just put everything in one big building for him. Um, it's something that we talked about for, you know, over a year. I think we initially, the initial conversation started in like 2018 and, um, and it's just over time, you know, he's always, been, he's always busy. He has a lot of going on. So it wasn't something that was really taken seriously. So probably like the, maybe like the, the last two years before it happened. So I mean, like the last year that it happened and then he just put his money in and it just happened. I mean, it's James Harden, uh, you know, up in the middle of COVID, we opened up in the middle of the winter storm. <laughs> we opened up in the middle of him transitioning to New York, you know, which is something that was supposed to happen regardless of what was going on at the moment. Yeah. I, I guess Tobias, I mean, did you work with James on the menu? Was it, was it your ideas? Did he give you suggestions or did you go through tastings? I think uh, to piggyback off of what Rose said, um, James had, a, it's, it's, it's James, it's all of us being in the luxury of, you know, having, the top of the top in your circle of people. So he gave us, uh, he gave Roe the vision for what he wanted, ex expectations of the restaurant and the hookah lounge and, 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 and that he gave me the expectations of, you know, he gave me ideas of what he would want for, um, you know, a restaurant menu. And, and I think we had the opportunity to actually be ourselves and put into it, you know, as long as we all know his, his loves and his lights. So, you know, just creating. James really didn't. I show. I made the menu. I showed it to him. He was like, "Okay, if you think it's a go, then it's a go." And it's pretty much that was the fun part of this whole process. Was you know, it was it was just like, "Yeah, this is my name," and but I trust the people that I'm putting in place to make sure it runs the way you know it runs. And I mean, you know, a year later, I mean, I can't say that a lot of people are not talking about 13 when they come into Houston. No, I mean, I, I guess that's my my sense is that it's been uh, really successful, right? Is that would, yeah. would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Happily agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I mean, but but what's it what's it been like? Just because uh, you know, I mean, it's it's been a while. Like I I remember going there 
and just, you know, everybody was dressed up. Everybody was having a good time. It really, you know, it felt like a kind of a special occasion spot. I mean, and that's the, you know, that's the, that's what it is that, you know, he wants to bring to, to the actual city. I think um, when we first opened up, just like any restaurant, I think a lot of people feel, you know, this is the first time of bringing, it's almost like an NBA team. Like you put five people together that are the best at what they do. And, you know, they're all trying to figure it out and come together. You know, it takes time, man. And, you know, it, it took us, you know, yeah, we had our rough moments in the beginning, just like any restaurant would. And once we all figured out our parts and knew, and knew how to, to operate around them, we have the product that we have now. And amazing food, amazing vibe, um, like, you know, great customer service. And uh, amazing place just to be at in Houston when you come. Like, you know, you know, it's no trouble. People can come of all ages from 21 to 80 years old. We accommodate everyone and they're happy. I mean, of course, you're not going to make every single person happy, but I, I really want to say about 95% of our guests leave 13s with a great experience. I don't, I don't, I don't just a special occasion type of spot too, because we also have the lot. The lounge people, we have regulars that come in to buy us notes yeah. every day. Every they, day. They think they're James Harden when they walk in the door. Oh, I'm sitting right here. I'm going right. Where's my food? You know, so um, we have the side that is for a special occasion, the people who enjoy the food. But we also have the side where people come in every day. It's like cheers just, in there. And just relax. Yeah. And just relax. And again, like she said, like, that's the thing about the 13 experience that you get. Like everyone, like we make everyone feel like, they're a star when they come in there, especially our regulars that come into the hookah lounge every day. And we still serve food on the hookah lounge side like that a normal hookah lounge wouldn't even serve. So to come there and be able to, to smoke hookah and enjoy a, a, a peaceful, peaceful place and still get good food, we have people that come in every day and they feel like, yeah, they feel like they're James Harden. And that's the great thing about it when people actually love coming to your spot because of how they get treated. Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny to me sort of looking back on it because, like you said, you opened right around the time the Rockets traded him uh, to Brooklyn and there were all these people sort of like, Rockets fans are never going to support this place. You know, <laughs> all these all these predictions of doom and gloom. I mean, did you did you feel any of that at all? Or, or was it just kind of, is it one of those like social media, people love to talk a bunch of crap on social media, but they don't actually back it up. We, we definitely felt it. We had death threats. We had people, we had to get security to sit out the front door. So people, somebody tried to burn. Like, we definitely felt, I mean, even if you go back and think about it, I mean, if you go back and uh, remember that uh, we had, uh, I think we had a one a one star on Google before we even opened up, like two months before we yeah. opened up. 40 <laughs> comments, 40 yeah. comments before we even, even served a plate of food, you know, just off of, you know, fans. And I mean, but I, again, I think, it, it came at us hard, but I really think that again, like like Rose said, the plan was in place for years. But you know, it takes time making sure that you got a, a road that is nationally known in, in in the state of Texas, so he knows that he's getting the you know the. So if anything does happen, I do get traded or anything, just by because my name is on it. I can still have the people there that's going to still make sure that people come in. I know I'm going to get a chef that has a name. So 
he knew, like, you know, still the pieces that he had around him, even though that's why it was a tough decision for him to leave. But at the end of the day, he had to do what was best for him. But he also knew that he left his restaurant in good hands when he was leaving. So, yeah, after the initial, we had to open and eventually people were going to come in. And eventually when people started to taste the food and see the atmosphere that they were in, regardless on them hating James, they was going to get over it real quick. Yeah, how how do you kind of describe the food? Because it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty eclectic. Um, I, I really like to call it like a, a like a soulful, a upscale soulful menu. Like I want to be able to touch different things. I want to American fusion is if you really. That's why we got a Hawaiian ribeye. That's why we got a seafood rice. Um, that's why we got oysters. I really want to. We got Jamaican jerk. Uh, um, tie wings. We got the snapper. Like I, I like touching different parts of different places. We got sea bass um, with a beurre blanc. So you know, just different parts of where I went to school and places I was able to study. I still want to make it flavorful and, and and good enough to push out. But but at the same time, I want to introduce different different things. And you know, a whole snapper was something new for certain people and our community to to just have like a whole fish with a with a with a um with a head on that was something new but once they seen it once they got it and once they started to eat it and, and see it come out it's something they, they they liked so you know just touching more of everybody rather than just touching a a, a one palate was my main goal and Ro, just from a service side i mean like you said you've got the fine dining restaurant You've got the hookah lounge. You've got the the nightclub in the basement. I mean, what's it like for you to kind of keep all those plates spinning and, and keep everything moving in the right direction? You know, it's a, it's a lifestyle more than anything. It's not really a job, honestly. Um, there's always something to do. There's always something to be fixed. There's always somebody to talk to. We have mm-hmm. over 100 employees. You know, it's always, you know, with 100 different people, <laughs> it's just always something going on. So, you know, we just make sure that, we focus on what we need to focus on before we open up, actually, you know, so when, when the doors do open, then everything is already organized and we already have a good foundation for what we uh, need to do for those days. Um, we pretty much have a good system for everything these days, for every different part. There's a there's a different system for every um, part inside of 13. So it's not like we run everything the same way. We have a certain type of service on one side, we have cocktail wages on the other side. We have, you know, people that work in the bowling alley when, when that's open as well. And, um, you know, we just try to make sure that we, actually plan for and have a and and make sure everything is ready before we actually open the doors up there's no way that we can just open up the doors and be like oh we're here we open there's the food here's yeah. the liquor you know what's the what's the biggest thing that surprised you about this first year what 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 didn't you what didn't you anticipate which which one <laughs> <laughs> for any of it Bias. <laughs> man i mean <laughs> I can't say I can't say I'm surprised from the success. I really can't, and uh, I just felt like, you know, we we again, we are in we are in a playground. Honestly, just to be honest, so it's just like every day if you come and every week if you come and bring your A game, and you bring the what we bring best to the table. You know, we really can't. It is really not a hospitality group that's really better than, you know, what we have going. So it, I mean. Of course, restaurants are going to deal. I think our biggest issue is not being able to accommodate everyone 
because of the high demand. And I think that's the biggest thing that where we went from, and you know, it was a process. We went from trying to accommodate everyone and that ended up affecting us because trying to accommodate everyone puts more of a load on us. And it doesn't matter how much or how great your food is or how great the atmosphere is. If we're overloading something, you know, just trying to accommodate the guests, then we end up losing out. So just balancing how to control, like, just like any other hot spot, reservation only and things like that, we were able to, you know, get that under control, be able to make sure people come in and get their food in a timely fashion and enjoy their meal and be able to step from one side and go to the hookah lounge side so they can enjoy another part of their experience. Because at the end of the day, 13 is more than just coming to get food. It's come get get good food, eat good, walk over to the other side, and now you can unbutton one of your buttons and have a good have a good time. You know, get a cocktail, have a hookah. You know, if you want some small bites because you're still hungry, you can do that too. So, I feel like just that transition, and you know, learning how to balance our guests was for me our hardest, my hardest thing. You know, I think the other thing I think about when I think about thirteen is. Uh you know, just celebrities, right? You, you seem to get a lot of them. You have any like particularly memorable interactions with, with anyone that you want to share? I mean, it, it may sound very, very cocky, but I mean, we've been getting celebrities. I mean, one, we all have worked with high profile people outside of 13. And I mean, the owner of 13 is James Harden. So like, I'm, as people come in there, but we all pretty used to like from day one, from the first day we, before we even opened our doors, we were hosting private parties for whole NBA teams. So, I mean, at this point, it's just like, we feel like, honestly, like we doing y'all a privilege by, you know, coming to 13 because you're going to get the best of the best when you come to 13. So, you know, we, we pretty much know if somebody's in town, Nine times out of ten, you know, they already gonna stop by thirteen already. So it's not like we know, like, okay, this person's in town. We know that they come to thirteen. That's not like, a, oh my god, I can't believe they're here. I think between and Tobias's connections that we have, <laughs> yeah. um, there is always going to be somebody that's a celebrity or somebody inside of thirteen. There's been days when we have you know, th- two or three different teams, depending on who the Rockets are playing and who's in town, um, yeah. the NFL players, then we'll have a rapper there, celebrity there, and then we'll have, you know, but the person that, that probably took me off guard, well, they didn't take me off guard because I knew he was coming was probably Kanye West more than Kanye. anything. Yeah, it was Kanye, yeah. Because James was like, hey, you know, Kanye West, Kanye West is on the way up there. We're like, who? Like, Kanye West, he was like, he may or may not come. I'm like, okay, well, we'll set up for him. So then finally he gets there and we're like, he j- it wasn't that it was him. It was more that he was so normal. He was very, very humble, very normal. He stood at the bar. He didn't make a big fuss. He ordered a drink with his friends and relaxed and then left. I think that was more, um, you know, uh, surprising than anything else. Because, you know, sometimes you meet people, they're like, ah, I got, they got 30 <laughs> security guards. And, you know. He didn't have nothing. He had, he had a great time. He had a great time. He had so much of a good time that he had to leave early because it was too many people. People started to hear that he was there. So, I mean, just, I mean, I guess stuff like that happens where you meet people and you actually see that they are, uh, not that they're human, but like they're maybe yeah. not expectation of what you thought it was. But other yeah. than that, 
like Lia said, like we really do have a lot of people that come in here and, and that our pat like I worked with, you know, in my pat where I worked before I worked at 13, I've met a lot of I've dealt with a lot of celebrities and, and and you know players and he did too. So it's not like a, oh my god, they're here. It's more like yeah. man, make sure they have because you know, when you have those type of people come in the building, they've been everywhere, they've tasted everything, you know, they've yeah. done a lot. So it was like you got a lot to we got to make sure that we're always high level in everything that we do to make sure that we can accommodate those type of people that come in the door. Yeah. Well, and, and Tobias, let me, let me ask you about that. Cause I know, you know, you're on a, one of the food network shows right now. I mean, you travel quite a bit, maybe just tell me a little bit about kind of building a team that can, that can execute at, at a consistently high level, even when you're not here. Uh, just, it, it just cons- comes with consistency, honestly, just, making sure that you're putting the right people around you and making sure that, you know, you uh, again, having the team that everybody understands their role. Everybody understands, like, you know, we all here for a certain reason. We all bring different different excitement outside of what what we physically do to the restaurant. So, you know, just make sure I have, you know, we got a good kitchen manager. We got a good lead line uh, um, line cook. And we got great prep and dishwashing team and front of the house. You know, we have good managers on the floor and a good bar, good, you know, good bar manager and um, our barbacks are responsible and they come to work every day. You know, just building the team and being comfortable with the team that you have, you know, that takes almost a year process. Like we're at we're just at a point where the pieces of the puzzles are all fitting into like everybody enjoying, even from our barbacks to our dishwasher, enjoy coming to work every day because they're going to, they're going to have fun and, and they're, they're learning in every aspect of the actual restaurant, whether you're a server, you know, learning more about the food process in the back or, or uh, a line cook, learning more about making sure they're pushing out food at a certain temp. So our guests could be happy. So our servers can, you know, give out the best, um, service possible. It, it, it's just about the overall um, experience of everyone that works in our restaurant that, that now everybody has their position in place. So no, like, you know, no, no big chef or no like high profile um, A1 GM has to micromanage when they have the proper team underneath them because that that way it gives her ideas to think about new things to improve 13 about and then it gives me time to, but if we could never have our proper team put together. We'll constantly be doing the work and never even giving our brains time to think about something new that we could give our, you know, our overall, you know, mission. So, you know, just us having a great team is, is, is pretty much one of the reasons why I can leave to be able to go shoot shows, you know, and then broadcast our broadcast our restaurant to the nation and let them hear, you know, that James Iger has a restaurant in 13 for the people that, that actually didn't know that. So now, you know, I feel like we all do our part in making sure that we all run a, a efficient, you know, restaurant. We have a lot of tra- uh, me and Spice have a, like a lot of training for our staff, you know, front of house yeah. and back. Everybody, we have a general staff meetings. We have, we have outings, we have, you know, little workshops for everybody. So we try to make sure that everybody stays, you know, um, on top of everything and being the best they can be like we do ourselves. We have high expectations because we go above and beyond as well. Yeah. Maybe what are, what are some of your goals for year two? I mean, now that you've kind of got your hands around this thing and, and, you know, settled into where you, you can kind of, you know, go with the flow a little bit, like, like what would you like to accomplish in the second year? Um, I know right now we're working on um, elevating our patio um, consi- can, um, consistency and our customer service continue to build up our customer service. About to get ready to um, 
add a new spring. I think now that we have people's attention, it's a perfect time to, you know, change up the menu, add a couple of things that people are, are great dishes, but people might not be strictly familiar with just to introduce to people because we do have the audience and, and you know, just um, continuing to add on to the amazing um, platform that we have right now in um, hospitality and good food and amazing atmosphere. So I think that's the direction for 2022. Ro, what about you? What are, what are like, what are two things you want to accomplish this year? I want to make double what we made last year. <laughs> you know, that's, that's my part. I'm the numbers person, you know, I'm like, what can I do? You know, so uh, we, you know, we both travel a lot. So when we go out of town, certain things like, okay, maybe we can bring the 13. Yeah, so yeah. But um, just to do everything on a higher level, I think that, this being a black owned uh, upscale sauna and a restaurant that a lot of people who come there, well, not a lot of people, but a, 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 a great amount of people that come there, that may be their first experience of something like that, you know? And um, just being able to give the showcase that we have craft cocktails and we have, you know, the type of bias that's come up with for that menu, you know, just to do a, a, another level of that. And like, and like Tobias said as well, the patio, we have a big, you know, that's something that, that can be big for us in the summertime is the patio. So right now we're working on food and drinks for the patio, um, for that side. We're getting ready to do photo shoots for that. We have a new website that's getting ready to drop pretty soon that has everything on there. Um, like showing like what we showcase and what we actually have at the team. Um, you know, just to, my, my goal is just to make way more money than we made last year. And we made pretty good money last year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you, do you feel like this concept? Um, I mean, have you talked to James? Like, do, do you, could you imagine you know, I mean, now he's now he's in Philadelphia, right? Could you imagine doing a, a second location in Philadelphia, for example? Absolutely. We have a good foundation of what we have. Pick this up and drop it anywhere, and it's going to be the same exact way. Yeah. So you want to be the the, the black-owned, uh, I don't know, Smith & Walensky, something like that, like just uh, popping them up all over the place? That's the plan. That's yeah. the plan. I guess Miami would be like an obvious choice, right? That would be kind of the... I know Tobias, you know that city well. That would be kind of the Miami would be good, Atlanta would be good, DC would be good, LA would be good. You know, Phoenix, where he's from. I mean, not Phoenix, uh, uh, uh where he was Arizona. 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 Right. Where he would have scored. Just I, I think that we would be able to, like if it wasn't exactly everything it is right now, we could definitely open up other 13s for James and other spots, or maybe who knows since he's number one now. Whatever <laughs> 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 you want. All right, y'all. Well, before I let you go, we have to play the lightning round. Five easy questions, five short answers. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. Tobias, let me start with you. What is your favorite ingredient? Fresh time. Ro, how about you? My favorite ingredient? Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Ro, what is the first band you ever saw in concert? Jay-Z. Tobias? Ooh, the Fugees. All right. Tobias, who is your favorite Houston sports figure other than James Harden? <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon. Ro, how about you? <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Ro, what is your fast food guilty pleasure? It has to come from a restaurant with a drive through uh, My guilty pleasure, Chick-fil-A fries. <laughs> I'm vegan, so the chicken's fake fries. All right. Tobias, how about you? 
Popeyes, I'm eating it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then finally, when you order a pizza, what are your favorite toppings? Pepperoni, green peppers, and pineapples. Bro, how about you? I'm a cheese with light sauce. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Annoying. All right, y'all. Give me the give me the website and the social media for thirteen. Uh, the website is www13hl.com, and then the Instagram is 13houston. Well, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. Thank Thanks. you. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.